Hello and welcome to episode 222 of the Punter Podcast. I'm Chris Barnett. The Hungerford Stakes and the Geoffrey Freer Stakes, both group races. Their highlights at Newbury Racecourse on Saturday. Further north, Ripon stages the Great St Wilfrid Handicap, where a big field is expected to run on one of their biggest days of the season. City AM Racing Editor Bill Esdale previews the best of the weekend's horse racing action. So Bill, we had the Shergar Cup last weekend, and we'll talk about that a little bit more in a moment. This weekend it's a bit quieter, isn't it? We've got Newbury and Ripon, biggest day on the Ripon calendar, coming up with the Great St Wilfrid, and we'll feature that as one of the races. We're going to start with Newbury and then head on to Ripon for some of the TV races on Saturday. Um, so a bit quieter, but it, it gets going, doesn't it? There's some good meetings still to come. And, of course, we've got York coming up next week, and that's going to be really exciting. Yeah, calm for the storm, so it's a slight lull between Goodwood and New York. But it's it, it's still good fare in its own own right. Um, decent meeting at Ripon and, and decent kind of Newbury card. Um, but but like you say, the, the main bulk of the action starts at York on Wednesday, so... Um, some of the big guns sitting on the bench for this weekend. And Whirlpool are going to be back in action at York next week, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. So three meetings that they'll cover with those unique betting markets. And we're going to have extra podcasts for York next week as well. So that's all great to look forward to. And some of the races really bubbling up to be very nice competitions, aren't there? Yeah, some nice races, some 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 really good racing, particularly the kind of Nunthorpe um, itself, and the and the Eber on Saturday. Not a, not a whirlpool day, but you know, always a race I, I I'm really keen on. So, um, yeah, exciting, exciting, um, exciting few days in prospect. Now, last Saturday there were six races at Ascot for the Shergar Cup, and you managed to find fifty percent of the winners there. You got three winners. And, and we were saying on on the Twitter too afterwards, just highlighting the prices that you put them up at, and and what they were available at on the Friday, when we record our podcast every Friday, you know those prices were double figures, weren't they? Ten to one, there was an eight to one in there, eleven to two, and on the day they went off like nine to four favourites, seven to two, massive massive reductions in in, in the prices. How important is it, obviously, for you and, and for our listeners to get those bets on 24 hours in advance if you can, if you can find a bookmaker offering the prices and take the prices as well in advance? Well, you, you often hear me saying on, on this podcast that, that um, the, the price puts me on or puts me off, and that's what we're trying to do here. We're, lo- we're looking at the markets, the immature markets as they're just being formed, and we're trying to pick out a bit of value. And... You know, I've I've certainly had a few listeners come back to me and say, "Oh well, I went to try and get eights and it was fours, but it might well be a lot shorter come Saturday." My job is to find the shortness. Um, they don't always win, but I'm looking at the market. And I'm looking at something that I think's been overpriced, mm. and you know, I know I'm doing my job wrong when I put stuff up at sixes that goes off at sixteen, and irrespective of they win or lose, I know I, I know I'm I'm picking. Uh, cool horses rather than warm horses. So the main job um, that I'm looking for is that I like to see a sea of blue of Ozchecker when um, 
when the morning arises on on Saturday because I know we're on the right ones. In essence, they don't always win, but that's that's the core part of the job. But um, yeah, last last week was a good week, but you're as good as your last week, and um, onwards and upwards this week. Yeah, I did say a few weeks ago a thing on the podcast. If you back them on Friday, you could, you could lay them off on Saturday, and win or not, you still make a profit. You you know you could you know could edge out and still just enjoy the race and win or not you you're in the green book that that's a terrific position to be in and a lot of your horses are so often market movers the amount of times will contact you on on saturday and go, how have you found these three again i mean the market you, you're a market mover specialist that is for sure it's whether you want to stay in the bet i like to stay in the bet no it's always a good friend of mine once said to me hedgings for gardeners and um yeah i tend to to stay in and um let let the dice roll but yeah you can can lock in a bit of profit but um yeah if the market speaks in your favor long term you'll be okay would you say friday's the day to do it because we've seen this week that sacred was favorite for one of the big races and then she wasn't declared so if you sort of go in tuesday wednesday if a market's formed is that a bit too early, perhaps? Yeah, so, sometimes, sometimes it can be um, a bit early. I, mean, I, I can look at the, the markets earlier in the week, and you know, I've backed a few this week already at biggest prices. But um, it just depends on it depends on which direction you think they're going to head, and the weather can play a factor in that, which we'll talk about in a bit too. Um, but yeah, well, when when we do this podcast, I'll advise. You know, I always tend to advise take the eights because I think it'll be a lot shorter. Yeah. So, um, you know, I tend to tend to say whether whether I'm keen to wait. Sometimes you're keen to wait till the morning, where sometimes you get a bigger price and four or five places rather than the three. And I don't don't get me wrong, I I, I make mistakes as 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 much as the next person. You know, I've I've had plenty of anti bets where I've taken a price that's shorter, fifth of the odds, one, two, three, and, and the price is four or five points bigger with two <laughs> extra places on the day, and you feel like a yeah. rush mark. So that yeah. can happen. But but um yeah, it's part of the part of the buzz of this game is trying to be ahead of the head of the market. And if you can if you can find a, a decent price and it's always nice to sit on a on a on a healthy anti post position. You mentioned the weather and it's been pretty dry over the last few days. I know it's raining today where I am on Friday here and, and Newbury Rip and they're quite far apart. So what are we expecting weather-wise for the uh, Saturday afternoon? Yeah, so the Newbury is, you know, it's, we're recording this on Friday morning, and they move their going because they race here today, Friday, or to good, um, dried out to good from kind of good, good to soft. But it is thundery showers today. Um, I've been up at about early this morning, and I dropped my daughter off not far from Newbury Racecourse this morning, and it's pouring rain. Uh, and they're talking about showers and heavy showers. So it's going to be the softer side of of good. I'd imagine, with, you know, if this carries on all day, they're going to get back towards good to soft, potentially soft in places if it carries on. Um, but it's these thundery showers, and the problem with this time of year is with these thundery showers is that you can get very little or a, very, or a lot, and that makes our job really hard. Um, I'm working on the basis that they're going to get a fair amount, and it's going to be you're going to have to um, be with horses that handle cutting the ground and you know yeah. i've i've you know heard and seen and written uh and read people talking about it being quick ground you this weekend it, it ain't going to be quick ground um it'll be the soft side of of good at best it might even be a lot worse than that yeah. uh and the same with ripon you know ripon um i'm looking for proper mudlarks at ripon because their forecast is for showers tonight and into tomorrow morning and they're talking about two to five mils tonight and they're talking about eight to ten mils in the morning potentially. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, now that might 
all miss but you mm-hmm. know you know there's horses like summer gam which we'll talk about the right at the top of the market where if that misses he, he'll probably win the race if it hits it's, uh, it's just not a soft ground horse so it makes punting quite hard but I, i'm working on the basis i think it's going to hit um and I think it's going to hit at both tracks, but probably worse at Ripon. And um, yeah, it's it, it's going to be a weekend to be with the mudlarks because we, it might it might get bad. Right. Well, that's something very much to bear in mind. Ground so important for the horses. There's a few that go on any ground, but they're very very few and far between, aren't they? Let's have a look then. We'll start with Newbury, and they start at one fifty. Uh, with the Jeffrey Freer, unusual starting off with a Group Three. I guess it's down to the TV wanting to cover uh, the races when it suits them as well. Eight runners, hopefully going to post in this one. Uh, Kamari is going to be at the top of the market for Charlie Appleby and William Buick. He won that race at uh, Newmarket on the first of July. The Fred Archer. That was the race where my mate Alazi was absolutely tailed off. Of course, Alazi has come out and won two since then so i don't know how you you frank that form any better you've got a rest going for the gostons and the judmont colors a son of frank will take on a son of dubawi frankie the toy on arrest klondike for william haggis and a very unusual combination of johnson magnia table and fittock stud there's a few uh, big players all involved with klondike who won on his debut and others in there as well so we start off Bill at Newbury on Saturday with a Group Three. Yeah, the group, the Group Three, the the Jeffrey Freer Stakes, always a race um, close to my heart. I remember um, what's well, over over thirty years ago now, but I was there when Shambo won a, a small kind of four runner field there in nineteen ninety two. Uh, the outsider of the of the four, um, my, my dad took me there and I hunted it and. Um, yeah, it's one of those memorable days. And also, the Jeffrey Free has always been a race close to my heart. Um, here we are now, 2023. So, f- a fair bit of water under the bridge uh, since then. And yeah, I probably want to be with the three year olds here. I mentioned, well, we, we mentioned before at the start about taking prices and being ahead of the market. Um, arrest cannot be a seven to two chance. Um, if you want to beat the price, take the seven to two because this also start near a seven to four if the rain carries on. Um, classy three-year-old, top rated here. Um, look, John Gosden's hand was forced. He had to go down the Derby route. He proved at Chester he's a proper stayer that is a relentless galloper that likes a nice flat galloping track when um, he beat Adelaide River in, in the uh, Derby trial there in the um, Chester Vars. Uh, had to run at Epsom on fast ground, was all over the plates. Uh, went off favourite that day, don't forget that. Um, changed his feet about 16 times, coming around Tattenham Corner and then just was all at sea on the fast ground and track. Uh, and then had to run at Ascot behind King of Steel. Again, the ground had gone rock hard there and that wasn't with him anyway. You just saw he was at ill at ease on the track um and nothing went to plan look you've got to forgive two bad runs but close your eyes go back to chester look at the way he gallops look at the way he goes uh he's a group one winner at two um uh albeit he was actually he wasn't a group one winner but all everything bar a group one winner he was beaten a beaten head by dubai mile um but he is super talented love gonna get his conditions gets the weight from these even though he's rated higher than them um 
Yeah, I just think he's pretty. Uh, he's a pretty good bet around seven to two. Frankie riding for John Galston. Um, Danger might be the other three-year-old Klondike, William Haggis, Tom Marcon. Um, doesn't have the experience of a rest. Only only the three. Only got going in April uh, when he won at Newbury, um, beat Banderas, and then was second to Gregory at Goodwood, and then fourth at Newmarket. So he's still learning. Um, was a non-runner at France last time. Um, he'll probably be the biggest threat, but I think Arrest is the most likely winner. Kamari is currently favourite. I just don't can't see him being favourite. Um, he's he won at Newmarket last time uh, when he beat Outbox um, in a kind of muddling the Fred Archer, the listed race there. Um, uh, he beat Al Arzi that wasn't wound up and and new london that didn't really show up so the, the, the form is questionable um and that was his first win since the queen's vars at um ascot back in 21 so mm. um he's certainly more off um than on and you know i'm also windy of the fact that he's been to newbury twice in his career and run shocker both times um so i just couldn't i couldn't have kamari on my mind and yeah i would be pretty strong arrest um and at seven to two, I think um, you're going to be well ahead of the market if you get that. Good stuff. Nice strong tip early on then. In the opener at Newbury on Saturday, 225, a five furlong sprint, only 11 in this handicap, but it looks pretty tasty. Run about six to one the field if you can get it. Horses like four a day for Rod Millman. That's turning back the clock when Rod Millman used to have loads of winners. He's got a Sheen Murphy booked for this one. Libra Tiger, Ed Walker with Hector Crouch on board, a winner at Sandown two starts ago. Harry Brown for David Simcock is in there. Swift Assets in there as well. Uh, and uh, when the deal is done for Roger Teal, who's managed to get champion jockey William Buick on board, it has ridden it before. They were, they were together up at York uh, back in May. So William's been on that horse before. This looked quite a tricky five furlong handicap though, Bill. Yeah, tricky. Um, word of warning, the, the favourite or the current favourite here, Libra Tiger, ran at winter last night in the racing league and ran okay, was eighth, only beaten three and a half lengths, but we can out that. No big big surprise if, if they reappeared so quick um, here. So I expect Libra Tiger to come out um, and there to be a bit of rule four action. Um, four a day is, is ultra consistent. Um, uh, Oshie Murphy was put last time at Foss Lass and um, Linker's on for the first time and she probably should have won that day but she didn't get the job done and that just that doesn't sit hugely comfortably with me in terms of taking too short a price um, about that one Swift Assets another one is really consistent Wolhampton comes here on the back of a win She's, she, she'll be on lists um, I like Harry Brown here I'm quite keen on Harry Brown Um Harry Brown was 16s yesterday um, with Paddy Power, and that disappeared pretty fast. He's now kind of best price sevens, but I still think there's juice in that price. Um, Harry Brown is a horse uh, for the Simcock team who showed glimmers of being very good and rattled off a couple of wins on the all-weather um, at Lingfield in the early part of the year, and then was really good at Goodwood um, uh, on... Uh, on his reappearance on the, on the turf back in May. And a couple of, of what on paper don't look terrific runs um, at Ascot, but they're better than they showed. Um, 
he was kind of first in his group when he was ninth behind Rhythm and Hooves uh, in the Palace of Holyrood, the big handicap at the Royal Meeting. And then came back and, and actually ran all right, ran on a bit from the wrong part of the track uh, on, on rain softened ground there last time. Um, that was off a mark of 91. Slits back down to 87 here. Um, gets in a 0 to 88. So is the top weight. Hayley Turner riding. She rides this track pretty well. I, I just thought Harry Brown was the, was the one to be with here. Just had a little bit more class than some of these. Admittedly, he's got the weight and wouldn't want loads of rain. But I thought if it, if, if it was just the soft side of good, it would be fine. And um, I just expected Harry Brown to run really well. And he got my vote. The three o'clock is that strange distance, isn't it? The seven furlongs. You really need a specialist if you can find one. It's on straight course for a handicap. And uh, 14 at the moment due to go to post. The likes of Open Mind for Saeed Bin Saror, who's got a sheen on board. And Classic is beautifully bred to Bari and A Date with Destiny by George Washington. It's in the colours of Julie Wood. She loves this horse. And uh, managed to get a win at Sandown and the Classic in a handicap on the 8th of July. Trained. By Richard Hannon. Spangle Max got the uh, equipment on. Tongue tie, cheek pieces, first time. George Bowie, who's got William Buick on board. Hectic goes, another one for Richard Hannon. Top secrets in there as well. And bless him, uh, who I know you've backed a couple of times. You've expected good runs from him. An accidental agent who always seems to surprise just when you don't expect him to run. Well, he does for Eve Johnson Horton. So, how did you see this? Classic. Uh, it's got the breathing, just not really quite lived up to his mark. He's, he's what ninety rated ninety one at the moment. Yeah, I and mean, he cost cost Julie would over a quarter of a million quid. Classic. So he was bought to participate in 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 what his name alludes. He should be participating in being being by Jabari out of date with destiny, and the penny may just have dropped. He, he was good last time at Sandown, and beat Novus, who obviously went on a one at Goodwood since. So. Um, He's definitely on an upward curve. Um, you know, he won it on softest ground at, at Newmarket last year, so mm. a little bit of range and be a bother. Even though the his runs on softish to you know, ground at Newbury on his reappearance wasn't great behind Isaac, Isaac Shelby, um, but he, he didn't run at Goodwood this year because of the so softest ground. But he he he's very solid. He, he's just he's one of those that I can't quite go with um because he's been a bit too disappointed to this point but it would be no surprise um to see him kind of bounce back again and and start to rattle up a sequence because he wasn't bought to be a handicapper and he's off a mark in 91 so he he he'd be no surprise to see him cli climb into a mark in the hundreds um but i will take him on um the one i'm going to take him on with is the one you just mentioned the old boy accidental agent at 12s um this is a horse that everyone knows plenty about. Um, Eve Johnson Horton's been in great form, um, but good old accidental agent at the age of nine, down to a mark of ninety-eight, um, which is very workable for a horse with the ability that he has. Now we saw him operate to a decent level at this time last year or a bit a bit earlier april and may last year where he won at newmarket off 104 and then went, it was a very close second to vaffoltino off 109 and here he is off 98 um so um he's he's 10 pounds below that level um ran well at newmarket last time 
two two starts back behind Biggles off off 101. Handicapper took a couple of pounds off to 99 and was a good close up fifth at Chepstow behind Ramazan just running on late. Um, dropped another pound to 98. Uh, Georgie Doby who gets on well with a horse takes takes three pounds off. She's back on. Yeah, I just I just think everything's set for a, for a, for a good performance, good run at twelve to one. I thought I'd rather take a chance with the old boy. I'll just should get his strong pace to aim at sitting behind them. Played late, um, wouldn't want loads of rain, but he can operate with cutting the ground. I just thought he was um, he was set for a for a good run. He was my main kind of selection around twelves, and then looking at the others, um, it was a bit of a coin toss between Lyndon B and Isla Kai for me. Um, Isla Kai is just unbelievably well handicapped now. Dropped to a mark of 89. Um, showed up much better at Goodwood last time, although he didn't quite kind of see out the seven furlongs on the background. But if the ground was to get really bad, then um, that's just in his favor. So the more rain that falls, the more likely the chance of Isla Kai. Um, <laughs> but um, I think I, 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 I'll prepare to leave him alone if the rain doesn't come in the quantity and go for Lyndon B., who's another well-handicapped horse here at 16s for John Flint. This is a horse who um, was a a real good second here uh, back in September behind Rain by Fire on decent ground. So we wouldn't want the ground to get terrible, but that was off a mark of 87. And it's dropped a few pounds, down to 85 now. Had three runs this season, but just slowly beginning to get back involved. And yeah, I just thought that Lyndon B could run well at a big price. So I'd far rather take a chance on accidental agent at 12s and Lyndon B at 16 and um, see what happens. Okay, that's the three o'clock then. And the feature race at Newbury on Saturday is at 3.35. Once again, straight seven furlongs for the Bet Victor Hungerford Stakes. It's a group two. And we hope that 10 runners will go to post for this. The likes of Chindi, as I mentioned recently, has been sold off to India uh, and will uh, be a sire over in India when he's finished his racing career. Looks like he's the best price, so 11 to 4 at the moment. Richard Hand and Pat Dobbs combining a winner at Ascot in May uh, in a uh, listed race. And then we've got Jumbe, another Eve Johnson Horton horse who she really loves Jumbe. He's got Charlie Bishop on board. Not sure he's um, really suited by a bit of kite in the ground. I'll get your thoughts on that. I know he was a non runner on heavy. Uh, recently. Uh, Pogo loves seven furlongs and has been at many dances this year for Charlie Hills rated 111 and we've got the likes of Mosta Bashir in there for the Gosdens, New Endeavour uh, Tom Marquand riding for Roger Berrien, Mammon's Girl for the all-concrete ammo racing this season and then I noticed that you, you'd already sussed this one out ahead and, and some of the trainers were asking, how do you know this Bill? You said that Sacred wasn't going to be running it didn't look like she was going to be running. Uh, and then people asked you why, and you said, well, Tom Marquand's already booked her our new endeavour. Uh, and you were right. So well done on that kudos as well. But Chindit, is it a worthy favourite for the for the group two? Yeah, this is a, fu- a funny race because um, the Haggis team have obviously decided to wait with Sacred for City of York in a week's time. Um, yeah, it was Charlie Fellows who came out on Twitter and asked me about because he's obviously got a Marban in here. Yeah. Um, because lots of people are running scared of of um of sacred in this race. Um this is a weather thing and it's priced up like it's a fast ground renewal of the Hungerford. And the market will start to 
adapt to that before there's potentially non-runners because you've got three of the top four, particularly Chindit, Jumbi and Mostavashir, who want decent ground. They're fast ground horses. And they're going to probably be okay if it's good to soft. If it's any worse, they're going to have to question whether they take their chance because they're just much more effective on a, on a sound of service, which brings in the others. Um, look, I love Chindit and I love Jumbi. I've, I've been fans of both. You know, we played Chindit uh, this season at, at both... Uh, Newbury, when he was second to Modern Games at a big price uh, at Group 1 level in the lock-inch. Um, and also we played him uh, when he was sixth at Ascot last time. Look, he's operating to a very high level. He's he's running two Group 1s and run really well in two Group 1s. And here he is dropping to a Group 2. What's there not to like? Um, the price, that's all it is. It's a price and his conditions aren't going to be rattling quick like he likes. So I'd be prepared to take him on. Um, Jumbi won the race last year. We were very confident when we put him up 12 months ago. Um, and that was on good to firm ground. I wouldn't have the same confidence this time around. And he just isn't effective with cutting the ground. So I, I would take both of them on. Um, Pogo hasn't looked to the same horse. Uh, most of us here where has blinkers for the first time probably might have been a selection on fast ground definitely a bit windy on the slower ground um, I know he's by Dark Angel but um, all the quotes and everything has suggested that he's a, a wants a rattling fast ground and whether he even takes his chance I don't know uh, Marban's likeable um, but his his really below par run came on, on softest ground and whether he truly wants it as bad as this, if it gets as bad, even though he's by Oasis Stream, is questionable. Look, I've, I thought this was really hard and um, was borderline no bet material, but I, I, I'm quite keen on the outsiders here. Uh, and that's Witch Hunter, the second string of Richard Hammonds, uh, who obviously caused a huge upset uh, when winning at a massive price at the Royal Meeting, um, which was some effort. He was a 50 to one shot when he won the Buckingham Palace. But that was seven furlongs, fast ground. But he had nine stone ten. He won that off 103. That's no easy feat. Um, he had some good horses in behind. Um, but it's what he's done since that's kind of caught the eye because he ran on well behind Tiber Flow on the all-weather at Newcastle um, and then battled away to be beaten by Holguin, um in a listed at, at Chester um, where fast response was second. But that was a fairly, fairly solid run but things didn't go right for him and then I'm prepared to just put a line through the last run because I don't think he quite got home over a mile um, Witch Hunter but look he's in good form sitting behind them finish off late um, is he good enough to win this probably not is he good enough to be in the three definitely I think he's right in the mix in a race like this um, he's 20-25 to 1 um, I think he's just a really good each way bet it gives you something totally different at this, to aim at at this lot. And I can just, you know, often say about, I can hear the commentary saying, I can just see them all being hard at work and just him <laughs> traveling pretty well in behind them, uh, which Hunter. Um, and I think he's just overpriced at around that 20, 25 to one mark. He was 33. So that's kind of disappeared a bit this morning. It was a bit annoying. Um, but yeah, I'm prepared to play the witch hunter and just hope, um, hope that he's in this class to hit the frame. Um, there is a danger. He might not be good enough. And if the rain doesn't come in the quantity, um, that it should do, then he will probably get outclassed. But I think the gray, the rain and the ground is a leveler. And I think that he will take some, um, keeping out the frame of the rain comes. I think he's that good in in this context. And I think I'm prepared to take a chance at 25. 
we very nearly got your favourite Stuart Machen impression there, but we didn't quite get over the line. <laughs> yeah, I just it wouldn't be Machen. It's too far south no. for Machen. Yeah, yeah, he didn't go well, to Newbury. It's going to be Barty doing. Look at look at Witch Hunter. <laughs> Great stuff. That's Newbury on Saturday. Racing at Ripon as well. Uh, a couple of races on ITV. We're going to have a look at the two forty. Looks uh, impossible. Nineteen runners in the William Hill Silver Trophy. It's a handicap where they start seven to one the field. Forte more for Ben Haslam, who only beaten a nose by Bay Breeze at Ripon. That was on the 7th of August, over six furlongs. That was on soft ground, so that uh, doesn't pose a problem if the rain does come to Ripon. Mark's choice for Adrian Keatley, who's based in Yorkshire now and brings out a good few winners when he can. Thornaby Pearl, Adrian Nichols, all the Yorkshire boys are having a go here. Uh, Prince of Bel-Air comes up from Newmarket for Joseph Parr. We've got Round Hay. Park in there for Nigel Tinkler and Ruth Carr has picked up American Star for the first time and, and she runs that sort of Star Spangled Banner in this race. This one looked very, very difficult. To, I guess there's a couple of each ways here though for you to look at. Well, fun enough, it's, it's, it's a strange one this race because I started at the top and worked all the way down and then came right back to the top and the two at the top are a real standout outs for me because of their core specialism. So Fortimore and, and Mark's Choice have an extraordinary 10 wins at Ripon between them, um, which is quite extraordinary. So Fortimore's won three times and Mark's Choice has won seven times. And both are well handicapped. Both will appreciate the rain if it comes. Not in huge volumes. We want it heavy, but they 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 both prove, prove their effective nature um, for um, well ability to handle cutting the ground. Um, if you watch Fortimore last time uh, from a few weeks back, travel all over Baybreeze and somehow managed to get beat. But I think this race may suit him a bit bit better, a bigger field, but played late, bit of cover. Um, if you go back to his runs at the track. Um, when he was second to 12th night on, on softest ground back in May off a mark of 80. You know, a reproduction of that's going to see him bang there. Um, Hannigan was amongst the winners yesterday. I thought seven to one, four to mile was just a fair, rock solid each way from trap 13. Uh, where you want to be drawn, don't know. Tend to want to be high here against the stand side rail. Um, but you just never know. So the attraction of four tomorrow is he's drawn there so he can come towards the stand side rail, get a bit of cover. He's got top weight, but he's he's um he well, top weight or top he's got a decent weight of nine stone ten. I just think he's gonna be bang there. I thought he'd be shorter than sevens. I thought he'd be nearer kind of four or five. I really did. Um I thought sevens was a fair enough price. Um and the same with Mark's choice. You know, at the time we're recording, he is looking on Ozcheck a 17 to 2 with William Hill. Again, fair price. You can take sevens, four to more with Coral and 17 to 2 Mark's choice. I would back the pair of them. I, I would dutch the pair. Um, one's from trap five, Mark's choice, and one's from trap 13, four to more. <clears throat> Either side of the track, if there is any draw bias, I thought they were the two obvious ones. Um, Mark's choice. <sighs> Hasn't been in the best of form, but the Keatley team, we know they can ready one for like this. He's, he's, he's effective um, on on softest ground. Like I said, seven-time course winner, so we know who Ripon is, is is his territory, can handle cutting the ground, a slip to a mark. Um, you know, he won, a, won here this time last year in, in August, um, 22 off a mark of 81. And here we are operating off a mark of 77. Um, look, the last run was a bit disappointing, but if you watch that Donny, um, the Donny run, I didn't think um, 
Doogie Costello was that hard on him late on when his chance had gone. He was right there at the furlong pole and then he just kind of dropped his hands a bit, but it had previously shown a lot more at back at his, his favoured Ripon. Um, yeah, I just thought the pair of them were, were, were the two obvious ones. I don't normally play at this end of the market, as you know, but I just like the, the kind of combined fact that you can bat one at seven and one at 17 to two when I felt they'd be kind of four and five or shorter potentially at the top of the market. I thought they were that clear. Well, the 315 at Ripon is the feature race of the day and uh, probably the feature race of their season, isn't it? The six furlong William Hill Great St. Wilfred Handicap. It's a class two with the maximum field of 20 currently going to go to post. I know you don't like taking the favourites and you can probably take summer hand on if that rain comes, as you say. Although if you owned a horse who's nine years old, runs in as many big races as he does and always stays on at the end to either get placed or only lose by a couple of lengths. This is the horse you'd want to own. What a terrific servant he's been. David O'Mara trains Summerhand, who at the moment is the favourite, but with the rain possibly coming, probably won't be on the day. Uh, Monsieur Cody won the uh, Consolation Stewards at uh, Goodwood for Richard Fahey recently. With the Shin Or on board that day, he's got Connor Beasley on Saturday. Uh, Lakota Blues in there for Nigel Tinkler. You've already mentioned Bay Breeze uh, in the previous race, who beat four to Morton. Bay Breeze runs in this race on uh, Saturday afternoon in the Great St. Wilfred. But as you mentioned at the top of the show, Summerhand on firm ground, great chance. Summerhand on soft ground, not so good. So. We're going to have to wait a little bit here for the weather and wait for Saturday morning. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's definitely a price thing with, with Summerham because he was my selection when he got a bit upset in the stalls at, at Glorious Goodwood. Um, and that was on much worse ground than this. Was, that was heavy ground. And I was prepared to chance him and they were prepared to bung him in the stalls for that because... He is one of these really well handicapped old season pros. You, you know, you said what a great horse to own. I mean, he's won over half a million quid in prize money. Um, but he's been cold all season, but just showed something behind Abrahama Gold uh, back at York. And you just know there's a good run. He, he slipped into a mark of the 90s and he still operates above that. And the last time we saw him slip into the mark of the 90s was, guess what, this time last year, um, where he was fourth in this race to Intrinsic Bond and then went on and won at York. Um, and he won the Heritage Handicap there. Um, so we know he operates to a really decent level of uh, on a mark in the 90s, which is exactly where he is. So he is potentially from a handicapping perspective, a winner waiting to happen. He'll handle a bit of juice in the ground. Um, don't forget that he went on and, and um, he won that Air Gold Cup last year off 102. Uh, so we know if he's anywhere near that form, he's, he's five, six pounds. He was second to Rohan at Ascot on, on good to soft ground in October. We know good to soft ground in October is, is going to be um, close to kind of softest ground at this time of year. So um, he's not a negative. He certainly would be on the short list. If he was a double-figure price, if he was 10s, 12s, 14s, I'd be all over him. Um, it's just the fact that where he is in the market now, he's fives. He's been really well found. He's going to run really well, but I, I'd probably be prepared to take him on, um, particularly with the forecast as it is. But like I said, as, as, as you allude to, if it doesn't materialise, and it goes good to soft or good good to soft in places. He, he's, a, he's a proper fancy summer hand. Um, you normally want to be drawn high here, I think. Um, although it, this year's renewal, 
the top kind of six in the betting are all drawn low. You know, you've got Summerhand the seven, Monsieur Cody two, and Lakota Blue and Dream for Gold two at one and three, and Sophie Starlight six. Who's going to go forward? Mm-hmm. Bay Breeze five. A lot of pace low, so I think the low guard are going to get definitely carried into it. Um, you've got it takes time and Rasha over on on the stand side uh, with Wob 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 and and Pal. So look, it's um, it, it it looks like it'll unfold. Over the far side, um, although you can never, never really guess in races like this, I'd probably still take one from each side. Um, and the ones that I would take, um, I would take Summerhand Stable Mate Gulliver, uh, of those drawn high. Um, Gulliver is 20 to one, is similar profile, nine year old lost his way, um, but a nine year old lost his way who's very effective on soft ground. And I think the market's probably just got it wrong and is a, is a step behind the beat at the moment in that they're all coming for Summerhand. They probably should be coming for Gulliver because Gulliver is effective when the rain comes. And if you look at last year, was out of form rolling into this time of year and then suddenly clicked um, with a couple of good runs, was was sixth in the car on soft ground last September. Uh, behind Dexter Bell, only beaten less than a couple of lengths off off a mark of 95. He slipped down to a mark of 87. Hasn't shown a huge amount, but a decent run at Ripon, which helps back in June. So we know he's effective here. Uh, We know he's effective when the rain comes. We know that off a mark of 87 with Mark Wynn, decent jockey, taking three pounds off. He's in essence running off 84. Weather 17 is the place to be, but I don't know, but he's 20 to one. Uh, lots of firms offering six places. I'm going to take him as an each way from a high draw. And then from the low draw, I'd have a squeak at um, Lakota Blue. It's not been a great race for three-year-olds. I can only see one in the last kind of 15-odd years. So um, it wouldn't be a strong selection, but I just like the way Lakota Blue travelled and ran on over five at Goodwood last time on soft ground. If the rain comes, I think he's going to be effective. He's only two pounds higher. Uh, Faye McManaman gets on really well um, with this lad. Uh, She was jocked up um, uh, to ride um, this lad earlier on in the week, so they knew it was always been the plan. Um, The same stable have kind of Isla Kai at... um, at um, Newbury, but there was never a chance of, of Faye getting off this Lakota Blue. Um, look, this is one of the leading fancies who will handle the rain if it comes um, and has won at Ripon in soft ground over six. Now, it's not easy for a three-year-old, but going to get cover, going to get a lot of pace over that far side, get brought into the race. Whether he'll quite see it out or not, I don't know. But uh, he's around nine, ten to one now. I could see him drifting a bit. I'm not sure there'll be loads of money for Lakota Blue, so that could be one to wait for the big, big places. And, and I wouldn't be in a hurry to take eight nines. I think I think Lakota Blue will be ten twelves. Um, I think Gulliver will shorten. I think I think I see him starting near a ten twelves as well if the rain comes. Um, but yeah, I'd take twenty to one Gulliver, and I'd back Lakota Blue each way from those drawn low. Well, there we go. There's a look at both Newbury and Ripon for this weekend. That's all from us for today. Now, we'll be back with bonus episodes during the York Ebor meeting. So every day of the meeting, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday, we will have bonus episodes. And they start Monday evening into Tuesday. Watch out for them as we look ahead to three Whirlpool days 
on the Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. And of course, the Ebor itself on Saturday. So bonus episodes coming up next week. Make sure you join us for those if you can. And don't forget to visit the City AM website for all the latest news and horse racing tips. And you can follow the podcast on Apple Tunes, Spotify, Amazon Music or Stitcher. And then you'll get the latest episodes as soon as they're released. We're all looking forward to this weekend and a great few days racing at York next week. Make sure you join us. Bye for now. 